The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. We've all likely had a knock to the head at some point in our lives and ended up with a sore noggin for a little bit, whether it's a bruise to the flesh or just that nagging headache. But then there's the trauma that the head and the brain Well, that can be really impactful to your day-to-day life or even worse, a life-changing experience, but really not necessarily for the better. Now that's an area in my experience, really with more of an integrated approach, combining the really important medical know-how as well as functional medicine can be an absolute game changer. In the past, the effects of concussion, well, it wasn't really given the time of day say a hockey player's head slamming into the ice, really just thinking that it's a part of a game from years and years ago, or a child falling from the monkey bars in the park, falling off the slide onto anything other than a foam pit-like surface. I can't even remember how many times I hit my head growing up, only to be told, just come on, get up, you're fine. <laughs> oh, and stop crying while you're at it. You remember that, Chris? Oh yeah, yeah. My, my, my father would always get angry first. Almost so like, he was, like he was disappointed that I was so stupid to walk into a post. And then the compassion would follow thereafter. <laughs> sure. But that was always the same thing. Like I remember falling down the stairs and my dad would be first on scene. And then he's like, why the hell did you do that? Yeah, what like, did you do? Uh, what? I'm still crying. I'm still hurt. My head is my arm is my knee. And what did I do? I didn't, I didn't try and do that. Like there's just so much going oh, on at the is, same time. It is so nice that we can laugh through our trauma, isn't it? Isn't it? It totally is. Traumatic brain injury, or TBI for short, well, it can come from sports like football, wrestling, hockey, basketball, field hockey, and lacrosse. Then there's just things that happen to everyone at different times in life. Unfortunately, car crashes, physical altercations, accidental slips and falls on ice, or really just while you're walking down the street, or you slipped at home on maybe a piece of Lego or just nothing that was there. It's all a potential for disaster, unfortunately, and with short-term effects, including headaches, brain fog, dizziness, ringing in your ears, fatigue, blurred vision, some sensitivity to light and sound, to the long-term effects listed as trouble concentrating, memory issues, irritability, other personality changes as well along with that, to disturb sleep, depression, anxiety, and disordered taste and smell. Well, this, all of this is worthy of a conversation, whether this speaks to you directly or an experience of TBI to a loved one. With the body's incredible ability to renew and repair, what is there from more of a functional medicine approach? And of course, the food that you eat and really that you can serve to someone that can support anyone with a TBI to the best possible outcome. Well, today on Eat This with Leanne, we welcome back Dr. Davis Brockenshire, functional medicine expert to share his expertise and successes with his patients of TBI so that we too can learn what's possible. I know that I personally suffered with a TBI from a car accident in 2002 when my head, when I was T-boned actually, and my head hit the side of the window, the driver's side. And yeah, that didn't feel so great. And likely before many times when I flew over the handlebars um, on my bicycle, being stopped dead by a rock somewhere or slid off of my skateboard as we were bombing down a hill. I also watched my youngest daughter work through three concussions. And this is my daughter with the mental health challenges of late. And I absolutely wonder about the knock-on effect of what happened to her and, of course, these mental health challenges. 
Now, most recently, a very good friend's son, a severe TBI and in an accident leading to emergency surgery for a skull fracture and loss of motor function in one of his arms, reported to say his his recovery is absolutely miraculous and tremendous, but it certainly brought this subject to the forefront of my mind. Now, being witness to the trauma is traumatic unto itself, no matter who's on on the sidelines watching or the one actually who's been in the accident. But the body's ability to heal itself, both from this stressful situation and the actual physical aspect of this is miraculous all at the same time. Now, my go-to is always nourishing the body with all the superfoods possible. After all that stress and trauma on the body, it needs impeccable nutrition, of course, in my opinion, and the most nutrient-dense foods possible, which, let's face it, is not coming from a hospital menu or kitchen, unfortunately. Now, I'll circle back to what meals and snacks that I've been making for my friend's son and why at the end of the episode. But let's get to the star of the show for today, Dr. B. You've heard him on numerous episodes, like one of the most popular episodes so far, episode 86, all about the vagus nerve. And I believe he'll be able to tie back to that episode because these two things go along together. And then episode 103 more more recently, where he helped us understand our blood test results in a more useful way. And there's so many more episodes that you can search for when you search for Eat This with Leanne. So please help me welcome back functional medicine expert, Dr. Davis Brockenshire from the Innovative Health Solutions Clinic in Michigan. Now he truly impacts lives in ways that really don't go unnoticed. Welcome Dr. Brockenshire once again to share your incredible expertise with us and this time on a more serious topic. Not that they're not top, not all serious like coffee and what does booze do to your body, but this one definitely, you know, we'll keep the tone light for everybody, but it's going to be another big in-depth one in talking about brain injury of, of any description really and concussion. So thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me back. No small topic. I don't, I don't choose ones that are small when it comes to you, because I know your area of expertise and your knowledge and just everything that you do, you know, you're the person, you're the, you're the person that that I go to for these topics. So, you know, I've watched videos of uh, your patients who have gone through tremendous brain injury and you as a part of their team have got them to places that I know that they probably wouldn't have without you and you know and obviously everyone that's been that been supporting them so that's my experience of of asking you to come and talk about this and I will never forget watching that first video that you showed us in an incredible conference of someone who's severely injured um, and really got to a point where he could speak was wasn't his first word mom yeah, it was. Yeah, the room was in tears. The impact of that is so far reaching that you are always my go to in cases like this and the more serious cases. So, trying to keep it nice and light and easy for people, you know, top level stuff, knowing that you can always reach out to Dr. Brockenshire for help. Um, let's start with kind of what happens to the brain when it gets injured from a concussion or, or, or different levels, if you can generalize that much of different types of trauma. Since we're going to drive right into concussion, and it's difficult without video because, you know, I'm a, I'm a hands guy. We, we like to do analogies, but yeah. to define concussion, it's essentially it's an exchange of forces. If you think of that, you know, when you cheers your glasses together, that's an exchange of forces. It's a concussion of cocktails. And in your brain, when your brain experiences an exchange of forces, it's usually because the body stopped abruptly or it accelerated abruptly. And since your brain is floating in a bath of fluid, the brain can slam into the skull and and experiences uh, forces and torque that it wasn't designed to experience. Because of that basically change in force, um, the immune system steps in and says, what happened? Oh, we got some bruising. So we'll begin the process of healing the concussion. That's what most people think of when you hear the word concussion is some kind of physical trauma. 
being born vaginally is physical trauma. That's kind of your it is. question. Right. But you know, babies are hardwired for that. And, uh, you know, their, their skull is a little more flexible than, say, a 40-year-old male after 20 years of hockey. Right. So the more exciting components of concussion today fall into the chemical and emotional pieces that involve an exchange of force. So you can actually get a concussion from imbalanced chemistry. For example, a hangover would be a concussion. Something that we've been finding in the research echoes this is reproductive women experience the same symptoms of concussion around ovulation and menses. So there's only really wow. about 10 days a month where a, a reproductive female's brain is not going through some type of concussion pattern. That explains a lot of things when we're trying to work on, you know, coordination and athletic performance. But the other big thing right now is trauma, you know, emotional trauma. Yeah. And people get triggered by trauma. A PTSD can create concussion-like effect chemically. Uh, we know about long COVID and COVID brain. That's, yeah. That mimics concussion. And you come at it the same way. You know, you help the immune system settle down, figure it out, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. Because that's what the immune system is always doing in your brain. But wait, two years ago, we didn't know the immune system was in the brain. Wow. So, really? Yeah. In fact, three years ago, I did a lecture in Toronto on um, how the immune system of the brain works. And people were looking at me like, we don't know what you're talking about, Doc. And it's because they hadn't caught up with the, the literature. Okay. And they didn't even know that the brain had its own lymphatic system. Wow. So if you're talking to your primary care doc or your physical therapy or even your neurologist, they, they might look at you and say, well, what are you talking about? That doesn't work. I've never heard of it. Right. And those are probably the most dangerous words in medicine. We do what we do. And uh, each concussion patient or TBI, traumatic brain injury patient, is yeah. unique. But I think today we'll talk about some of the, the fundamentals that we follow. Right, Leanne? Yeah, I think that's really what I would like to communicate and get across to people is what, you know, the situation happens. It's what can we do? What with our own knowledge or, you know, for a loved one, can we push a bit more to make sure that's on board for either yourself or a loved one? So, you know, as I always say, please share this far and wide, because I know it's going to help someone that maybe is not, a, you know, a loyal listener necessarily. So I think that this, because with all of those aspects of everything you've just said, the small impacts of for females every month of a, you know, a, a slight brain injury or, or, you know, that kind of thing, it really touches on pretty much everyone in some small way, for sure. What's one of the first things that you recommend to do as an acute treatment? Because obviously, if there's an, an incident as opposed to what you've just talked about, so there is an injury, you know, for instance, what's just recently happened to my friend's son, or that time that my daughter got um, some kid thought it was just a cool thing to take her head and slam it into a brick wall um, in gym class. Um, or even actually, I was thinking about this as you started talking, um, you know, when I was younger, then, um, I recall a time when my father put my, my put, put my, myself and my sister together and he took our heads and whacked them together as a form of punishment. So how that on earth was like a way to deal with your children. Wait. I don't know, but it was what it was, was back you, then. And, was your you know. father one of the three stooges? I don't understand. Why no, in the world did he bounce your heads together? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, there's, you know, in the acute situation, because there must have been tears after that happened to yeah. us anyway, but in the acute situation, then what, um, you know, what's, what's your go-to? What are your sort of top steps? To understand where most people's heads are at, no pun intended, is when you experience, and we'll stick with physical concussions for now. Right. So when you experience head trauma, Yep. Most people will know it's a big deal because they don't remember it happening. That's the joke. Do you remember any concussions? Uh, no. No. Exactly. Because right. one of the hallmarks of a true concussion is amnesia. So the average person may have slipped and fell on the ice or they were skiing and they crashed and hit the back of their head. Or, you know, Chris and I, maybe we jumped off the dock too soon. You know, things happen. Too many runs that night. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I hear you. Uh, but you remember the bonk 
And you don't really realize what it's doing to you because all you realize is, oh, that hurt. Oh, I'm going to be better. Right. But uh, for the most, the majority of the people that experience head trauma, the symptoms don't really kick in right away. You're just more concerned about feeling better. But later on, you know, three days to six months later, that's a big time window. Yeah. Start to experience changes. Usually, um, symptomatically, it will mimic the symptoms of depression and anxiety. So if you're feeling those symptoms, I want you to go back on a timeline and see, was there any point where you bumped your head hard enough that, say, your vision changed just a tick or you saw stars or you got a little dizzy? Mm. That, that's about 80% of the concussion-type situations we see. The easy ones are the people in soccer say they both went up for a head ball and they missed and they hit their heads and then they're laying there on the field twitching. That's pretty obvious, right? They're, right. they're going to need medical intervention. Those, that's not what we're going to talk about today because that's specific and that type of intervention belongs in the hands of skilled, trained neuroscientists, et cetera. Understood. For the average person that has, you know, we've all experienced stuff. My favorite is you bumped your head on the cupboard door. Right. Well, son of oh, yeah. You need a helmet. You know that stuff hurts, but it does produce a concussion pattern. So, if you're not sure if you've been hurt, the simplest test to do at home is stand on one leg with your eyes open, and if you fall over, you've got some brain inflammation. Right. So you don't have to have a bonk to the head, but that's an easy test. Now, if you can do it, try it with your eyes closed. And if you still don't fall over with your eyes closed, chances are you're not concussed. Okay. Just a simple home test. Going from there, you know, some of the old adages, oh, don't let them sleep. Make sure you wake them up every hour. Keep an eye on them. Shine light in their eyes, all that stuff. That's all been debunked. The most important thing, if you think you've been bonked and, you know, you've got a window of opportunity there in the first 72 hours, is make sure you're hydrating. Pick your water up a lot. Uh, make sure you're taking magnesium supplements at that time because the magnesium will settle down the brain, get some turmeric going right away. And if you can and you have access to it, some liposomal glutathione, take it orally and rub it on the site of injury. So actually rub it on your head. And that's been shown to negate the concussion pattern. That's absolutely incredible. And yeah, I have heard like our, our colleague, Dr. Paula Rochelle, talk about that as well. Right. And like just thinking that you can rub something actually on your head and it's going to help to negate that is probably far out there for, for a lot of people. But it's it's that product, you'll find it on SprouteRight.com, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, most trainers bags for the NCAA here in the U.S. have liposomal glutathione for that reason. In my world, you know, I only see the strange and unusual, what we call medical wreckage. Right. And no matter how weird their problems are, there's always a history of a head injury somewhere. Really? And once we identify that and correct that, 50, 60% of the problems immediately resolve. So, so when, you, when you say the weird, it's like you're the patients that come to you, not necessarily for having had a head trauma, but right. because they have a collection of symptoms that are, you know, stopping them from living life to the max and, and doing the things that they want to. Is that what you mean? Yeah. You know, a typical like reproductive female diagnosed with Hashimoto's, uh, the heart rate's weird. They're, they've been put on drugs for lupus. They're chronically constipated. You know, they can't sleep. They have panic attacks. And you just go down the list of what most people talk about today on Instagram. And you can find a relevant head injury. Now, the brain doesn't perceive time. So that head injury could have happened in your early years. But the brain doesn't know that it was 40 years ago. It's, it's real time to the brain. So as you fish that injury out and flip the trauma and solve the scar tissue, then a lot of those autoimmune patterns go away. A lot of the uh, insomnia, uh, neurologic stuff just solves itself. To me, it's like the easiest thing to do. If you could fix one thing on a paradoxical patient, start with the brain. Duh. I think most most practitioners wouldn't necessarily think to start, like you said, in the brain because, you know, it's their left foot that hurts for instance you know or it's digestive or whatever it's hormonal or or anything like that so it's fascinating to know that that is the first point 
you know, to go back to with you. Now, part of also this this episode, not only from my friend's uh, son's recent uh, recent injury, but also my osteopath that I've been seeing lately. One day I went in and and she she's a she's training in acupuncture and she had three pins sticking out of the top of her head and she said, please excuse the pins on top of my head. I've just been you know just treating myself because I fell on the ice last week. You know, and this is in in Toronto outside just outside the office or something like that, because it's so easy for people to do just all over because of something like that. And she had a concussion. So I, you know, this speaks to so many people who have not necessarily been involved in a serious uh, accident, but you know that you've hit your head in some way or another. So what is it that you see either people maybe not going to see their doctor about uh, a head injury, or let's say that they have gone to a doctor, are there some key things that people need to know about to augment the advice that they're being given or things that they can do to help themselves further to the glutathione directly on, on the head or things that to, to look out for? Maybe also even in timing, you said from three months to when? Like years three days, later? Three days to six months. The difficult part as a patient, as a consumer of the healthcare landscape, yeah. Is the, the healthcare landscape's not equipped to handle this. So if you go into your practitioner and you say, look, I think I've had a concussion, well, they'll just say, well, you don't have any symptoms. Right. They're not looking. Okay. Like I said, the symptoms of concussion mimic anxiety and depression. Mm. And so anybody that's talking about anxiety and depression needs to have prior concussion ruled out. Right. The other dilemma mm-hmm. is in medicine, they truly believe that the concussion will heal itself. We know that's not true anymore because the immune system of the brain, once activated, won't shut off unless it's told to. And in order to shut it off, you have to create a, a state of serenity. You know, and we went, if we go back to, say, the vagus nerve podcast, yep. the concussion dysregulates the vagus nerve. So some people, I'll ask them, hey, do you feel a sense of impending doom? Do you feel like things will never be okay again? You're like, oh my God, how'd you know? Because you've been concussed. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who are trapped in, say, a conspiracy mindset or an end-of-the-world mindset, that can be um, ameliorated with concussion care. Uh, Often something as simple as talking about it, maybe doing some cranial sacral work, some acupuncture, chiropractic. Now, in this case, exercise does not fix everything. So if you had a significant concussion, going out for a hard workout is actually a bad idea. Oh, I can not imagine that at all. But I have spoken with um, Brad Thorpe, who came on and talked about his um, about isometric exercise. Mm -hmm. And we had a discussion about this. He shared a study with me saying that isometric exercise does actually help increase uh, the white matter in the brain. And yeah. I mean, that for me was like, really? And it's very possible that there's something out there about other exercises. I just haven't heard of that. But I did think having recently tried out his machine and and uh, and isometric exercise routine, I was exhausted. My heart rate went through the roof. Like it's hard work, even though you're not actually moving. And, um, you know, and he's telling me this as my heart rate's going through the room. I'm thinking, I'm not surprised. Like this does not need, you would not need to move. You don't actually need to move any more than what he was guiding me to do. It was absolutely amazing. It's one of the reasons planks suck. You know? <laughs> what, from which standpoint? From actually doing it and yeah, it hurting like hell or what? <laughs> you get to 60 seconds and you're, you're willing to pay anybody $100 a second to do it. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. You know, we're not used to doing that. Okay. So let's, let's walk through the physiology of a concussion. So you okay. and your sister are sitting there and somebody did something to somebody. We're not going to point fingers and your okay. dad just banged your heads against each other. Yeah. Okay. So number one, we had physical trauma. Yep. Wow. So the brain starts pumping inflammatory compounds to the area. Mm-hmm. Circulation kicks up. And inflammation in the small intestine kicks up because the enteric nervous system of the gut just got shocked. There is your source of leaky gut. Okay. So a head injury will cause leaky gut. Second piece of trauma, 
is your dad did it to you. A trusted figure in your life just smashed your head against your sister's head. Yep. Now there's an emotional trauma, which we've all experienced. Yep. And the other piece of that is not necessarily feeling safe next time. Yes. We learn from that. And then the chemical trauma of that environment, whatever you were smelling at the time, seeing, hearing. So if there were fresh baked cookies in the oven when that happened, every time you smell fresh baked cookies, you can actually trigger anxiety now. Wow. Follow the pattern here, right? Your senses are involved. And if he came at you from the front, so if he was walking towards you and he bashed your heads against each other, not, not to pick on your dad, but it's a good example. Yep. Because he was coming at you, your eyes had to converge on a subject. When you got bonked, your brain locked that eye movement into position saying, when these eyes go into this position, get ready, something's going to happen. So now if you think about every time your eyes go into that position, your brain says, watch out, you're going to get hit. Now amplify that. And it starts to add up and you can see how the trauma escalates. The symptoms of this environment just keep coming. And in the last two years with the chronic stress, sympathetic dominance, fight or flight, the world is ending. Guess what? We're still here. Yes. But you can't let that go. And the more concussed you've been, the more often you've been concussed, the harder it is to let it go. Right. So if you think of professional athletes, those with the most concussions have a very difficult time staying positive. Uh, like For example, in the NFL, if a receiver drops the ball and gets concussed, then they, they talk about hearing footsteps. That receiver is going to have to go through very advanced brain training because their brain is going to say, don't catch the ball. You're going to get creamed. And that's where a lot of this research comes from. many layers. Oh, yeah. Hockey is a whole other thing because, hey, let's take a very high contrast surface like white ice and drop a very high contrast target on it, black puck. Right. And then make our eyes try and track it while our legs are going one way and our head's going the other way. But your eyes going a different way. Then somebody's got a flash in the stands now that fans are allowed back. So like Sidney Crosby, for example, no offense to any Sidney Crosby fans, but you know, when, when he hit the ice, because he's a, he's a great case study in concussion, one of the difficult issues in getting Sid back to skating was when he would cross the skates over to turn left, he'd get a headache every time. And they couldn't figure out, look, he can skate. He passes all his tests. So one of the doctors said, why don't we evaluate him in skates? So he's in the clinic. They put his skates on. They make, made him do all the neurologic tests. And his brain kept blowing a fuse when he would lean left. So it's situational in many people's cases. So that means that one of the concussions, because I know Mm -hmm. that he's had many, are when he was skating left. Correct. And and that just brought it all back again. So how on earth do you work through that? Well, that's the fun part about it, is you're constantly trying to figure out the environment of that injury and then reproduce using neurologic testing. um, How do we recreate the injury and can we stimulate it? Because if you can't find the problem, you can't treat it. Now, not everybody has to be put back into that state. But in one case, one of my clients who played for the Senators, he got concussed as the buzzer went. So his last memory was the buzzer. What happens every time he hears a buzzer? It's a panic attack. Yeah. You have to back that out using eye movement exercises, postural exercises, uh, get rid of the scar tissue in the brain, drain the brain, fix the leaky gut. A lot of this uh, gut stuff is really brain stuff. And this is that conversation about the gut-brain axis. Of course. And one of the things I do today with a new patient is say, okay, is this a gut-brain problem or a brain-gut problem? So if there was a head trauma, and that's when all the gut stuff started, then you have to clear the head trauma before you fix the gut. But if you live a lifestyle like a classic North American and eat like a classic North American, but you've never had significant head trauma. It's probably a gut problem causing the brain. Brain. Okay. Uh, And the most common drug that will cause this are antibiotics. Will cause the gut problem then being the brain problem. Yeah. So you take antibiotics for more than a couple days, you're already changing the landscape of how your brain perceives the gut and the brain may figure it's under attack. That's because of the change in the microbiome in the gut from the antibiotics, because antibiotics are not specific to bacteria in your body. It's just wiping out whatever it can to save you from 
a bacterial infection. Yeah. So if you watch people who are, say, on antibiotics for a sinus infection, their gait will be a little bit off. Um, and that's where you start. One of the questions I ask people who got hurt in the gym or hurt during exercise is, well, were you on antibiotics? Yeah. Well, that's what happened. The way your brain moves your body, it weakened key kinetic chains. So let's say you were just deadlifting like you always do. And all of a sudden you ripped a disc in your back. Wow. Oops. And how many people are on antibiotics for bladder infections and they don't even think about it? Right. Like, you know, they, they blow a knee, they blow their back. Yeah, um, yeah. Crossfitters, you know, we hear a lot of ruptured Achilles tendons. I don't know what happened. I would imagine even for runners, for like an ingrown yeah. toenail who are given mm -hmm. antibiotics because you have, otherwise you can't run because you have a really sore toe. You know, yeah. even just those, those basic things to the, you know, to the much larger issues of why you might be taking antibiotics. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, I think I just heard like a few pet pennies drop for a few listeners really it's like no way oh my god that happened yeah. I mean really trying to correlate these things together is half the piece you know half the puzzle really is us remembering when these things happened and what was you know what was surrounding it I can definitely recall in my brain you know my more of my brain injuries um, so yeah that's really fascinating stuff Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. As a human today, if you can think about, make a list of all the symptoms of anxiety and depression and kind of really meditate on that, get a feeling for what that feels like in your own body. Mm. And once you've got a good handle on what that feels like to your core, yeah. Then you have to go back and try to remember the very first time you ever felt that way. Most of the time, there's a head injury associated with it. Today on Eat This with Leanne, we welcome back Dr. Davis Brockenshire, functional medicine expert to share his expertise and successes with his patients of TBI so that we too can learn what's possible. You can see the scars on my forehead. I can go back to when I was two and broke a toilet with my head. Like, right. Yeah, you're only knocked out for six hours. You'll be fine. You don't want to go to a hotel do. They'll kill you. Right. <laughs> walk it off, Dr. B. Walk it off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Once you can walk again, walk it off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's you, that's what it is. It's like you fall off the something at the park. It's like, come on, get up. It's not that bad. Stop every, crying. Every kid has fallen off the monkey bars. Every single Everyone. one. Everyone. Yep. Yep. Yeah, now we have to wear helmets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The funniest thing I ever saw were the little baby boxing helmets. You ever seen those? Yes. The little padded boxing helmets. They look like uh, sparring boxing helmets you'd see in the Olympics, and they now have them for little babies. They've had them for quite a few years, actually. But the first time yeah. I saw them, I thought, huh, why would my baby go into boxing? But then I read the yeah. fine print thinking, oh, it's for protection. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Now, somebody out there is going to say, Back in my day, we didn't have concussions. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the point. They're, they're not far off. So really? one of the questions we've been looking at is why are more people having more significant concussion symptoms? Is it not just from awareness of people understanding? No. no? It's a, a lack of resilience in the uh, human brain. Okay. And so what we've found is if you look at why people's brains are getting weaker, yeah. Their ability to process things like sulfur from food is mm. compromised. They have rampant B vitamin deficiency. Mm. Their systems are overloaded with environmental pollutants. So they technically have a glutathione burden. They can't right. make enough glutathione fast enough. Right. They have zinc deficiencies. Although probably not lately, because apparently everybody's been taking copious amounts of zinc. Right. True uh, enough. Yep on the list of things to do to right. protect yourself from COVID. Our, yeah. uh, our food supply is bonkers. It's very deficient in selenium. We don't yeah. get the, the good ratios of protein that we think we're getting. Yeah. We're uh, deficient in good omega-3s. And you go down the list and you think, oh, right. Sorry. Mm. Um, Roundup. Your neighbors out there spraying yeah. gallons of glyphosate on their driveway weeds because they can't bend over and pick them up. And you get a whiff of that, that can cause concussion-like symptoms. So get in line for that lawsuit. Burning plastic can trigger concussion-like symptoms. So careful with that bonfire. 
Mm-hmm. And what you put on it for sure, just to get rid of the garbage. Right. And then, you know, what we learned recently was apparently lithium ions don't go out. So if you set one of those bad girls on fire. Um, What's a have, lithium ion? You know, a typical battery from a rechargeable device. Oh, boy. So electric cars are cool and all until they catch fire. <laughs> all right. So let's switch it up to something a bit more positive then, shall we? Because I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, I thought, the, I thought an electric car were the answers to the rising gas prices. <laughs> Just as long as it doesn't go up in smoke, we'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so is there like a typical rehab type plan? I mean, I know it's very, very individual. And within that, what are like the top essential foods or recommendations that you have around, you know, you have to have this? Is it more of a plant-based diet? Do we got to get the fish in there? I mean, I know what I've been doing with, uh, with my friend's son, but wanted to get your intake on that. Perfect. So like we said, any brain injury is going to cause gut inflammation. So you want to go to a leaky gut diet. So a non-irritating diet, right? Make sure you support digestion. So start taking enzymes. If you don't have enzymes, take apple cider vinegar, um, easy on combining your food. So, you know, don't mix say meat and potatoes. The food combination idea there. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a rule. Meat, Meat goes with potatoes. That's it. It's been around for thousands of years. Oh, it hits your stomach. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine on the plate, just not all all down the down the hatch at the same time. That's all. That's what I tell people when they ask me, "What what kind of guy are you?" I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Well, that's that's who I am. Well, we're gonna work on your identity crisis. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna do a meat and double veg. I'm a meat and double veg. There you go. There you go. You just reframe it. Of course it does. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just, that that was a red flag for me. Well, then there's also like the British way of saying meat and two veg, right? You know what they're talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. All guys are meat and two veg, really. So you could try that one, Chris, and see what response you get. (laughs) (laughs) Because it totally depends on where they're from. Uh, More of a twig and berry rather than a meat and two veg. But anyway. Right. Uh, And they ship it every week in your mommy and daddy box. Everybody's got food shipped to their house these days. Do you even remember what you were talking about, Dr. P? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Taking it right off. Okay. Why, so, the, uh, so the leaky gut diet, just yeah. to break that down a little bit, is easy on digestion. So the pro in, pro-inflammatory foods like dairy, easy, not your T-bone steak. That's not so easy. Uh, more foods that have been gently steamed or wilted easier on the digestion. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah. One, uh, one quick way to figure it out is just watch anything online about the plant paradox diet. Okay. It's basically a low irritating diet. So to me, that's the easiest thing for patients to do is watch Dr. Gundry. Yeah. are on for 45 minutes about what a plant paradox diet is. And then you get the idea. Great. Spices. Ginger, ginger and turmeric yep so you can drink that in tea you can take it supplementally both of those will settle the gut and help the brain kind of deflame itself and if you like essential oils the best essential oil for a brain injury is rosemary mm. so if you are cooking make sure you add a little rosemary to your lamb or your chicken stock Yes. And if you smell the essential oil of rosemary, that actually helps the brain clear itself of key irritating chemicals. Very cool. You can get that anywhere. Yeah. Saffron is another one. A lot of evidence on saffron uh, repairing the brain. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if you are within your financial means, of course, saffron is yeah. not cheap spice, but that is something to sprinkle into your foods. The big debate, as you and I both know, is the whole plant-based versus not plant-based, vegan versus vegetarian. Chris, I think it'd be easier to understand if you and I were to volunteer at, say, a vegan retreat camp, and we just ran the grill. You know, we'd be the grill masters at the vegan camp. <laughs> that what would the be, hell would you two have on your grill? So much Wouldn't fun. that be cool? Yeah, yeah, what you got on the green egg? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> and we would be able to convert vegans with the rib, the chicken, the fish. So all I know is the evidence for plant-based diets, it starts to build for benefit and effectiveness the older we get. So once our modern microbiome gets past 60, it seems to respond better to more of a plant-based diet. 
Now, medical research is quite schizophrenic these days. They really don't know if they're coming or going. Okay. They're not asking the right questions. One of the things to remember is the diet that's going to work for you is the diet that works for you in that moment. And it will change through your life. All of the plant-based diets work because they're high in fiber. So that's where you see the clinical benefits. Now, an interesting study was done on athletic twins, two professional athletes. They're both runners. They're twins in their 40s. One went extreme keto. One went vegan. The vegan client had his cholesterol numbers drop, and he also dropped about 10 pounds of muscle. The keto diet added a couple pounds of muscle, and his cholesterol numbers went up a tick. Mm. So what? The big issue was the vegan runner went into a low testosterone state. So the overall conclusion in a twin environment is that being vegan for this particular person wasn't in his best interest because it wasn't helping his body match his lifestyle. If you are 100% sedentary and in a high stress world, you may want to try a plant-based diet. However, the carnivore people can say the same thing. So you can have a no fiber diet and still produce the same benefits. So who's going to explain that? You know, fiber, no fiber. And I'm going to explain it to you right now. My carnivore lovelies out there. Yes. People that really, you know, if you follow a carnivore diet, you're eating organ meats, really eating no plant material whatsoever. What you're doing is starving out the bugs in your belly that feed on starch. Those happen to be the bugs that cause inflammation. So you're flushing the bugs that cause the inflammation and the bugs that live on animal protein and animal fat then thrive. Okay. Problem there is that that's not a sustainable diet for a lifetime, but it can get you where you want to be. So concussion. Yep. You can do both. Okay. Pick one or the other. Don't try to hybrid them. That doesn't work. Okay. That's like, uh, you know, you got hot dogs on the grill and you got zucchini. Right. Okay. You start with a hot dog. So in that case, and um, in you know the recent case that I've been talking about, twenty-year-old male, more plant-based or more protein-based, more animal protein-based, I should say. In this case, his head injury was quite severe. Yeah. You know, we're talking like a one percenter here. Right. You're going to want to use foods that require almost no digestion. Plant-based foods break down a little easier if they've been cooked. Animal protein is a little more difficult to break down. Yeah. Remember, this person's fighting for their life in a fight or flight state, which means digestion is not going to work too efficiently. However, remember your nose, your sense of smell can improve digestion. If the person says, God, that smells good. Why am I craving blank? Right. Well, if they're smelling barbecue and they really want some barbecue, then give them a little bit. Fish. So poached fish, steamed fish. Yep. Very easy to digest. So are eggs, by the way. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've been making. And and the first thing that came up for me was easy digestion on heavy pain meds, of course. So, you know, constipation is always an issue, which just makes everyone feel terrible on top of the pain that they're in. So let's just do, you know, give as much fiber as possible with enough water to flush it through. So yeah, yeah, really interesting. In that case, a frittata would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting side note on eggs. The number one nutrient the brain will crave in an injury is choline. Mm. An egg yolk is the highest food source of choline. Yum. So that would also mean that if you're just rather than just serving an egg yolk, um, you know, a sunny side up, a, you know, not necessarily fully hard boiled egg, like a six, seven minute hard boiled egg. So the egg is still yellow and soft and runny. That's, that's your best case scenario there too. Um, Okay. So can you suggest some, you know, just managing expectations in terms of, of this is of course, it's going to depend on whether it's, you know, kind of a 1% injury versus you fell off the monkey bars or those kind of things. But in in the effects showing up such a long time later, you know, I think, I don't even know what to say here because people just need to remember, I guess that you had a brain injury and, and bring it up to the right people because can you ever be fully recovered from a brain injury? Not 100%. It's much like a scar. Okay. Okay, So every concussion leaves a scar. 
And we learn from our scars and we develop responses and adaptations, but you can recover. You're just not a hundred percent. Okay. And I've worked with athletes for over 20 years on this. What I find is the body will constantly move problems around to try and deal with new concussions, particularly female athletes. It's, it's just, I mean, it's brutal because here they are trying to compete. And like I said, they got about 10 good days a month. And then if you're dealing with an estrogen dominant state or you're on birth control pill and progesterone levels are low, it's very difficult to recover the brain. Then you end up with dental issues. Uh, old dental infections and in root canals can also mimic concussion pattern. So that's a whole other, you know, yeah. um, but in my experience, working with the worst case scenarios is the goal is to get back to 100% active functional living. Right. Yeah. If somebody throws a ball at your face, you still might freak out. Okay. And anytime your eyes have to come together real quick, you might freak out. And in working with motor vehicle accident lawsuits, a lot of uh, severe head-on whiplash situations, they never fully recover for driving because... Like I said, when, you know, when you had your head smashed against your sisters, if something's coming directly at you and you experience a trauma, you can't handle it. So if you're the kind of person that's been in a car accident before, and now every time you drive at night in the rain, your breathing gets worse, your heart rate goes up, right. you start to worry about a lot of things, you can't see right, you start to freak out. That's a post-concussive state. Now, there's some some things that I've seen recently on your Instagram feed, I believe, that you're using in clinic to further people's uh, recovery. Can you speak to that a little bit? It's too bad we're not wearing video because I've got one. This is my brain. Oh, that's your brain tap goggles. Brain tap device. This is, the, you know, the Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's on the meditation and mindfulness kick. If you can't meditate, no matter how hard you try, you've probably been concussed because your brain doesn't think it's safe. So you close. Yeah, that's the fascinating because can I just tell you yeah. how many times people say, I just can't meditate? Yeah. Like it, like it's almost, it's like, and my daughter is one of them. Um, like I just, I just can't, it just doesn't work. Right. And I've had a headache for four days straight lately and know that the only time it goes away is when I'm asleep. So I keep trying to meditate, but I can't get myself into that place because my damn head hurts so much. And, and yeah. Okay. Keep going. Anyway, just thought of bringing that story up because it totally is relatable. Every time you get a cold or a sinus infection, you can exacerbate concussion symptoms. So meditation. Yep. Most people who have had a head injury, when they close their eyes, their body freaks out. So if you're the kind of person that finally gets tired and you lay down, you try to go to sleep, you close your eyes and your brain wakes up. Right. That means you're spiking alpha waves when you close your eyes. You don't want to do that. So you're the kind of person that if you can't meditate with your eyes closed, then meditate with your eyes open. Hmm. And all you have to do there is get a really nice candle from Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever. Light it. It's got to be a real flame. None of these digital reproduction things. Yep. Or, you know, stare at a bonfire. Okay. But in your apartment high above the streets of Toronto, do a candle. Yep. Got Sit it. Quiet, dim the lights, stare at the candle, and try and blur the candle flame with your vision hmm. and breathe. And that will tell the brain to start making theta waves, which will induce meditation. And that's all fine and dandy. It works great until you burn the house down. Right. I won't do that. I won't do that. Fall asleep. Uh -huh. All right. Um, what the brain tap does is it uses holochronic sound. So it uses your ears, mm -hmm. a lot of different sound waves, and it uses lasers in the headphones to stimulate acupuncture points. And then the visor has LED lights in it that are triggered by the software to help move the eyes around while you're stimulating hearing. And using the app, it puts you into a state of whatever you want. So for example, your headache, if you were yep. here and I put that on you, I would probably tell it to run clearing negative energy mm. and you can relax for 20 minutes on a PEMF mat, all nice and toasty. Yeah. And you'd probably pass out. I would. And it's fantastic. And we call it the reset room. But uh, going forward, because we live in a society with way too much artificial light and too much noise. Yeah. 
If you're concussed, you're acoustically sensitive. So if somebody says, stop yelling at me, you're like, I'm not yelling at you. Yeah. Now you're yelling at me. Oh yeah. my God. You know, yeah. Yeah. acoustic sensitivity. Now you're thinking of school children. Yeah. They freak out. They don't know why. Mm-hmm. And they have to excuse themselves from class and go talk to the guidance counselor. You know, Chris, when you and I went to school, the nuns would just throw the erasers at us. <laughs> right? If something's coming for you and your eyes converge and you get bonked in the head. But that was another time when we shouldn't talk about that. Nah, right. Probably not. No, nah, I threw the chalk back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today'd be a laser pointer. Um, so, so, yeah. So this brain tap thing, I also know is just an app that anybody could get Correct. and then also yeah. stick their headphones in. I recall yeah. Coach Jay telling telling me to try it out and I'm yeah. not sure if I did or not. And it's like, la- it sort of goes from, from one ear to the other and then is stimulating mm-hmm. your brain in, in that way. But I do love the, sound of the full-on goggle thing that you showed us that i know listeners can't see but i'll try, i'll put a picture somewhere of it so uh and the lights with, are with a link yeah yeah well it's it's sound and light therapy right yeah uh, right um the other thing that works very well is holotropic breathing that's what's next you need to research that a bit on on your uh, spare time Great. so holotropic breathing allows us to expand the lungs properly because most of us don't breathe mm-hmm. we don't take the time to breathe between we don't expand our diaphragm most of us have hiatal hernias because we're stressed out and we haven't been breathing anyways right but if you practice holotropic breathing you start secreting dmt into your brain which is a hallucinogen So all these people walking around licking toads, trying to get high, your lungs will make DMT if you breathe correctly. And it's it's a totally natural state. And what that does is it removes the fear and threat state. And in a concussed person, you need to do that. They need to feel safe. You know, much much like you're trapped in a tiger cage, you know, the first rule is no sudden movements. Oh, yeah. I hate when that happens. I hate right? when I get caught in a tiger cage. It's just, it's very yeah. stressful. Yeah. I do chiropractic on a on a tiger. Forget it. It's like, okay, I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say about the breathing. Cause one thing while I've been in such pain over the past four days is first of all, I know that my shoulders are hunched over and I'm like, I don't know. I'm sort of like trying to protect or do something like that. And I keep finding myself putting, trying to sta- stand up straight and put my shoulders back but I know that I am not breathing. I'm breathing because I'm still alive, but I'm not, there's no deep breaths. It's extremely shallow. And it's, it's maybe because of my awareness of trying to meditate even and taking those deep breaths, you know, I understand the contrast between the two, but there are times when I've just laid down and, you know, covered my eyes and focused on breathing. And I am asleep in within a nanosecond when I do that. That's why a lot of people say they just need to go for a walk or a run because they start to breathe. Right. Um, and that's why I want to bring that up. Now, there's a lot in the U.S. right now on the use of psychedelics for concussion and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of consults for people who are mixing and matching some really wild drugs. Like, uh, for example, a gentleman does yoga every morning, but before he does it, he does LSD and THC. And I was like, whoa. And then later he does cocaine with ketamine and MDMA. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I looked at his brain scans and I'm like, you have an amazing brain. He says, this is what I, this is his post-concussion recovery program. Wow. I'm like, well, where'd you get it? The Pablo Escobar Institute of Brain Science? Like, what the Seriously? Heck? What is that all about? Well, and I, I explained to him, I said, hey, so you're doing LSD and THC before you do yoga. I said, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to keep my hands to myself. And he said, bro, when you do LSD and THC at yoga, you don't have hands. <laughs> oh, wow. That's oh, insane. So look around your yoga class and keep an eye on some of these. <laughs> they can't be going to a yoga studio on that stuff. Oh, my God. They'd have to get right? <laughs> if they're getting out of an Uber, maybe, or I hope so. Holy, that's fascinating. Welcome to Texas. Everything's okay. bigger. <laughs> okay. People are hurting. They're looking for answers. Medicine right. doesn't have any. And in uh, professional athletics, we do. So we have devices that can measure your progress. Okay. Um, if if you have a severe concussion and yes. nobody can help you, 
you need to seek out somebody who's an accredited functional neurologist. Okay. So there's a, a smattering of them around Windsor, um, London, Toronto. They would have been typically trained in the U.S. A lot of them are chiropractors. Um, very few medical practitioners actually make it through the course. It's got a massive washout rate of about uh, 93%. Ooh. Wow. Of 100 people sign up, you know, six to seven of them actually graduate and certify. Holy smokes. These are the doctors that are working on your favorite NHL players. These are the ones that are bringing them back to the game. Now, because of that, they're in high demand. And it is not a a Health Canada or an OHIP situation. So you will pay out of pocket. But... If you would like your life back and your brain back, those are the people that you want to see first. Okay. And is that something that you do? Yeah. yeah. You've done that too. So yeah. You can I've had it done to me. Across um, the border if you're in Canada or you do do yeah. um, sessions, Zoom, phone. We do virtual, yeah. You and do I virtual can, everything now too. I can make recommendations um, throughout Canada. If, if you're like, I need to find somebody today, just have them reach out to me or reach out to you and we can make those connections for you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. As usual, we could talk for hours and just keep picking your brains literally about all of this stuff. So thank you so much for all that you've shared and really for helping us to start the conversation. You know, maybe like you said off the top, a heavier conversation to talk about on Eat This with Leanne. But, you know, we do. I like to go there. I like to go there and talk about the things so that you have more of an awareness that you can you can have impact on your own life and anybody else who's around you that's suffering and hearing Dr. B talk is always a pleasure. So thank you. Thanks again, Leah. In true fashion, Dr. B does not disappoint, right, Chris? Like his insights and experience, oh, they're so impactful. And just, I love the way that he just brings his experience into what he shares with us because there's so much there from the hockey player that he talked about today to, you know, this situation that I know of, uh, this person who was severely um, injured. Um, and wow, he just has so much wisdom to share with us. It it's surprises great. me because he looks so darn good, right? I mean, I don't know how old Dr. B is and I will never ask because that is, that's just rude. Uh, that's a but, man to a man. You can ask that question. Yeah, I know, I, I, he's, he's not 50 yet. He's not my age. I know that. I get that. But if you go by the man's soul, he must be 104 because Absolutely. it just seems like he has knowledge and wisdom on so many things and he yeah. has researched so many things. It's yeah. It, uh, it's really cool. That's what makes it so interesting to speak to him. And, and he's not talking to me as if I don't have the, the wisdom. He's talking to me um, as if he's trying to pass it along. He, he's trying to teach me something. So he, he always yeah. talks in a way that even I can understand and I can appreciate that. I definitely do. And I hope listeners uh, feel the same because he's definitely not talking down to any of us. Nope. And a lot of a lot of these things are out of my scope of understanding, too. So I'm learning right along with everybody else listening. Now, I promised that I'd share some of the meals and snacks that I've been making for my friend's son. And we talked about that with uh, with Davis um, because, you know, in the hospital and the rehab institute that he's been in, he's really already a healthy eater. So it was easy to make different foods. And I thought, well, I might as well just share those on this episode. And um, there are foods. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to put the list over on leannephillipson.com in the show notes there for you. But really what I focused on is as many antioxidant-rich nutrients to feed that immune system, to really help the inflammation that's going on. So that includes the most nutritious and alkalizing greens, tons and tons of fiber because, you know, it's all very painful and the strong medications, maybe like morphine, but even for some people, you know, those stronger Tylenols and things like that, they just make you really constipated and that does not feel good. And it's just not good, as Dr. B said, for that brain gut situation 
inflammation that's going on in leaky gut that can come from this. Now, making it easy to digest most veggies, well, that needs a quick blanch or steam. So broccoli, for instance, I just chop it up and then I put it into one of my glass containers and then I pour some boiled water over top of it, leave it for, I don't know, maybe five minutes max until it's super, super vibrant green. Then I drain it and I put cold water in it so it stops that process. Green beans, I've done the same thing for. Peas, I've done the same thing for. Uh, What else did I put in there? Some peppers, some uh, sugar snap peas, some, I went going to the British mange too. That's what they call it. That's, what's those flat peas called, Chris? I'm having a British moment here. Snow peas, that's them. Oh, I always thought snow peas and snap peas were the same thing. No, snow peas are, are super flat and you can't, you wouldn't, there's no peas in them to sort of like puff them out. And uh, sugar snap peas definitely have like a thicker skin. And oh. if you did pull them apart, you can see bigger peas on the inside. But of both, you eat the whole thing, not like shelling green peas. Anyway, they're a really good thing to eat. <laughs> but because they're a little harder on the digestive system at that time, that's why they just need a real quick blanch. It just starts to break down the cells a little bit more. And if you're not focused on chewing every single bite for long enough, then it makes it much easier on the digestive system. All the grains and the chia seeds, everything is soaked there as well, because that again, starts the digestive process and makes it really easy. I have been using more plant-based milks. Um, There's a nut allergy involved in this situation. So the oat milk definitely has been the one that I've gone for making sure that it's organic because otherwise there's a lot of extra uh, pesticides going on in there. So again, just like Dr. B said, anything that can ease the digestion um, because it can just be so sluggish and really it's just not functioning as well as it could because of the physical and also emotional stress. So just as a, for instance, some of the salads that I've put together have some super greens in there. So some baby kale, some spinach, some chards, beet tops, so amazing. Watercress, which is one of the most nutritious greens out there. If you haven't tried this before, oh man, does it jazz up any salad that you have because it's so incredibly peppery and there's some mustardy taste in there and you just make sure you eat all the stalks as well. They're so good. The dandelion leaves. Yes, those ones that are in your garden is what I'm talking about. Well, I bought some organic ones and just quickly wilted those and then added them to the salad, rich in calcium, magnesium, and really important for the liver detoxification. Because in any injury type situation, you're probably going to be taking a lot more meds than you normally would. Those sprouts, pea sprouts, sunflower sprouts, radish sprouts, broccoli sprouts, any of those, those microgreens is what they're called. They're super high in enzymes, minerals, and protein. And then of course, Beets. We've talked about that so many times. I love of beets. Just grate some beets, some carrots, add in those peppers. I threw in some fresh chopped mint just because it gives it a little more zing and even more greens are going in there. Then moving on to the reds. So pomegranate seeds. I haven't put any purple cabbage in there. That's really hard on the digestive system. So things like pomegranate seeds and blueberries go in there. Some sunflower seeds, some pumpkin seeds, um, and also just some green beans and things like that on the side. In the dressing that I made was fresh lemon juice, some grated turmeric, ginger, black pepper, some Himalayan salt, a little bit of maple syrup because it tastes really good and also super mineral rich. The salmon burgers. Those are amazing and so easy to eat and transport into a hospital situation or just making a big batch so that you've got them in the fridge. The iodine, calcium, copper, iron, potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, like all of these nutrients that are in there are so, so needed. And of course, the omega-3 fats as well. So these are all recipes coming from my award-winning books for Outright Family Food breakfast to include chia pudding. I even made the oatmeal chocolate chip cookies from my book because there's only like four ingredients in these included in them or dark mini chocolate chips, which unto themselves are superfoods. There's no sugar in there, but the antioxidant value of dark chocolate is incredible, as well as the oats, which are super high in fiber to carry away waste, heavy metals, uh, you know, and also those broken down medications and things like that. 
from my Take This by Leanne supplement line, further to Dr. B's suggestion, then the Skin Boost Superfood Powder is in there every single day, one scoop a day of all those superfoods that include the spirulina, the shizandervary, I know that made you giggle last time, Chris, <laughs> and uh, and then all the chlorella, I like just so much in there, it's, inc- it's incredible, the Alka-C, the buffered vitamin C with all those minerals as well, and the zinc that are so important for cellular healing. It's just, and just, you know, anytime we're under any kind of stress and please don't forget that physical stress is also like pain is also a huge stress on the body. So that extra vitamin C is crucial. Now you'll find all of the the information as well as the glutathione that Dr. B mentioned over on (laughs) sproutright.com. Another mind-blowing episode where I hope that you never need to know about all of this, but in likelihood, you know, it's very possible. Please share this episode far and wide, really just to help support anyone that you think might need it, because you might not hear about a situation if somebody was in an injury or had a fall, they might not think that much of it either. And please know that you can always keep in touch with me through my weekly newsletters. You can sign up on both leannephillipson.com and sproutright.com. Send a message through all the social media channels that are out there, Sproutright and Leanne Phillipson, no matter where you are. And of course, thank you to Dr. B for coming on again. And thank you, Chris, for your input. And of course, your wizard production of this episode both podcast and radio show because I just have to say I couldn't do this without you really really grateful for you oh and of course I forgot to say take this in listen a time or two let's hope that this impacts lives with all this information and of course while remembering to eat this one mouthful at a time 